Welcome to the Eastern Current Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Judd Brock, here today to bring you another episode. Today I sit down with Captain Johnny Monero of Blackwater Revival Guide Service in Georgetown, South Carolina. We talk about his incredible shallow water fishery for redfish there, both fly and light tackle. I had a fun day on the water with Johnny when we recorded this podcast, and I hope y'all will check out the video on YouTube as well. If you haven't, check out our Patreon page where you'll find weekly Ramp Talk podcasts where you'll catch conversations between myself and my buddies on the way to the boat ramp in the morning talking about what we're going to do, what we're going to target, and what trends have been working. Also really excited about 2023, bringing on Captain Cameron Pappas of Blackbird Guide Service and Captain Ozzy of Marker 23 Guide Service that will both be hosting weekly podcasts on the Eastern Current platform. What that means is more fishing podcasts for y'all to listen to. Well, hope y'all enjoy. Johnny, thanks for joining me on the podcast, man. Down here on your back porch in Georgetown, South Carolina. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Judd. Looking forward to getting out with you guys. I know. So we're going to go fish this afternoon. Um, I got Michael down here, and like I said, we're sitting on Johnny's back porch waiting for the tide to get low, and we're going to do a little sight fishing and fly fishing for redfish. Yeah, man. So uh, tell me tell me your story. Tell me how you got into fishing, how it's brought you to where you are today, and how how we're uh, pretty much how we're sitting on your back porch right now about to go fish and recording a fishing podcast so um hopefully this doesn't make people turn the podcast off but i'm originally from the jersey shore were you on the show uh no okay i saw people on the show no hair gel in my hair uh, but no i'm from the jersey shore uh i grew up on the water i mean my dad's always had a boat we had a sport fish that we stayed on all summer um I started fishing young, probably, you know, I earlier than I can remember. A lot of, like, fluke fishing in my dad's old boat, and uh, I really cut my teeth on uh, surf casting for stripers. And that's awesome. That's, like, that was a whole culture in Jersey. For sure. You know, and um, I, um, <clears throat> I just, I mean, I've always been more of an inshore guy. My... Uh, my dad and them love the offshore fish and yeah. sure I, I love trolling for tuna but man there was like nothing but nothing like a blitz of bass on the beach yeah. like so was the inshore fishing there mostly is that is that surf fishing and and back bays and whatnot what yeah, does inshore so fishing look like it's pretty discriminatory between surf guys and boat guys like surf guys don't respect boat guys up there like the striper guys because we're you know, we, we were stuck on the beach right, waiting, waiting right. for them to come in close enough where we can cast at them the boat guys would then push their boats into their schools guys would be throwing treble hooks at the boats oh like my gosh you know, that sounds you know. fun yeah it was it's was pretty it was like combat fishing and yeah. uh you know we would it was weird it was like a lot of snagging big bunker and dropping them letting them flutter into schools throwing big plugs but it was a whole culture i mean yeah it was ever these old salty guys lived in their vans all and i, I to me in high school i was like man i want to be that guy yeah for sure you know and uh but it was uh it was cool and then uh, I was in Azure Park Fishing Club. It was the second oldest fishing club in the um, saltwater fishing club in the country. That's cool. Other than that, I think it was Avalon Tuna Club. And uh, we um, went down, came down here for Coastal Carolina. Yeah. And uh, I really never left. And I got into the, the redfish thing because it was kind of that filler for striped bass. And Yeah. Um, Which do you like more now? Oh, redfish. Redfish, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I would die to go back to Jersey and get on a really good blitz of bass. For sure. But redfish for sure, yeah. Redfish Red, are a lot cooler. Redfish are, are cool. Last week, 
we were fishing up on the Pamlico Sound though. Thought I was thrown to a redfish in like a foot of water and it was a striper. And I that was that. pretty cool, man. I saw I was that like, video. I was like, that if I could get into that because the, the bites, man, are the redfish bites aggressive, but they're really controlled. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like it's an aggressive, controlled bite, but that striper was, was pl- kind of sloppy. It was well, fun. like the stripers, like, I mean, you think about like a mixture of a smallmouth bass and a largemouth and a redfish all in one. I mean, they don't got like the shoulders like a redfish does, but I mean, dude, you get a. 40, 40 inch bass on on the other end of it. It's I mean they're for sure they head shake almost like a trout too. You know, for right? sure. Try to uh, I'm just gonna say this right on the lips. There you go. That's there perfect. Go. I have to <laughs> when I'm recording at the house and we have them on stands. It's like really easy to remember. Yeah. yeah but I, every time I've done one where we're sitting around like this after mine, everybody so it's completely <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, but it's uh it, it is tricky to to especially when the conversation first starts draw a little nervous. We don't really know Johnny that well yet. Yeah, and we've talked a good bit, but this is our first time sitting down and we've got microphones in our face. So. Yeah, um, but that's cool. So so you came down here. When when did the the love for fishing and like the desire to like how did that turn into like I want to guide for these fish? Man, I think it's always been a thing. Like I I mean when I was little, I I saw the scallop boats going out of you know, Manasquan Inlet, and I was like, man, I want to. I want to make my living like these guys did. For sure. You know, hurt my mom, but she'd be like, oh, you want to be a commercial fisherman and do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I think so. But uh, I don't know. I've always wanted to. Um, I have a really good friend, uh, Jeff Laddick, who I fished with a lot here. And um, the original plan about 12, 10 years ago was to kind of get my boat and double up with him. Things didn't work out. Had to move move around a little bit. Yeah. So probably like seriously wanting a guide probably ten years ago or so, uh-huh. and you know, just had some stuff happen in my life where I was like, this year, I was like, it's it's, it's happening. Definitely. Like I'm doing it. Like, Definitely. I'm never gonna do it if I don't do it now. So. I, yeah. I think that's what I tell people all the time is like, yeah, there's a lot of fishing guides out there, but oh, there's yeah. always room for like more fishy fishing guides, like yeah. good people good anglers you know people that are good people people good people persons is that, is yeah. that how you would say <laughs> good people persons and uh and, and i've just already seen that with johnny like it's just been cool just how passionate you are about what you're doing and um i will say with the salt strong guide reports that we're working on um you're the probably the top three most responsible guides i have on there that actually really? report in when it, when it needs to be be in so i stress about it because it's like doing my homework and i wasn't very good at that at school <laughs> oh, so i was awful at it you know i i know on the back end of it i would be the person that was getting it in like five days late but yeah no one knows what we're talking about when i'm saying this so <laughs> um but yeah man that's super cool so this house you guys that we're sitting at is just as i mean if i could imagine the low country this is it there i see more spanish moss than than i've seen in all of wilmington live oak trees we got a big field in the back that he says the turkeys get in right across the street is mm-hmm. the boat ramp that's right now, do you launch here a lot with clients or do you travel around more and, and so i usually launch here and uh this is my like 15 minute boat ride without yeah. anybody so i put some I, headphones in and do a little yeah like music yeah i'll pick them up at the, the public public ramp in georgetown um, that's awesome unless i'm fishing south like but this is i mean you y'all see it it's an it's a mile and a half to the bridge yeah. um it's a good boat ride. That's and awesome. It's convenient. Like they don't. Well, it's nice to be here when you're done for the day. Oh yeah, on your boat. Yeah, I don't have to deal with the riffraff at the ramp, and yeah. you know, I don't have to deal with other people and run yeah. into someone I don't want to run into. So this right, is, like, right. you know, like it's it's pretty cool. I'm super blessed. Definitely, that it is it is too cool. When you sent me your address, I like plugged it on my phone. I was like, that 
it can't be that cool. It can't be as cool <laughs> as this looks from from satellite imagery. Mike, what what do you think driving in? I love it. We as we were coming through Georgetown, I mean Georgetown's is kind of small, yeah, quaint, which is really really nice. And driving over the river, it was beautiful. But once you start heading in here, just how city just drops away. Oh so, yeah. I mean, further we got up the river, it was just gorgeous. So. It's funny because it looks so much like, you know, the the coastal <laughs> farmland around Wilmington, but yeah. but it has some differences. Like we have big live oaks, mm-hmm. but not this mm-hmm. this amount of big live oaks, really. Yeah, and not the Spanish moss and that sort of thing. Kind of reminded us of you know going up north with that agricultural kind of part of yeah. stuff, but yeah. it gets that more low country mix in there. In this side of the world too, South Carolina, like really, this kind of starts. Not very further north than here. No. Like, yeah. you know, Merle's Inlet, maybe. Right. And then you start getting to Pauly's and you start seeing it. And then Georgetown, like, Georgetown's south. You're, yeah. you're in the low country. Like, For sure. Yeah. Like, this is this is the start of it. Yeah, right some here. people call, like, Wilmington the low country. I'm like, this is mm, not the low country. This nah. is the highlands of the low country, yeah. if, if that, but... But no, this it has a, a much different feel. For like sure. I don't even consider like Myrtle Beach the low no. country. No, like, you no, come you all. come into like once you cross that bridge, it's it's a different it's a different ecosystem. Definitely, yeah. you know what I mean. Definitely, I was gonna say coming through Myrtle Beach is just so big city, so many buildings, yeah. so much stuff everywhere. And oh yeah. As soon as you leave that, headed down seventeen. If you've got a cable wakeboard park and a top golf, yeah, it's big city, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's uh, Go, you know like NASCAR experience like yeah, you know. for sure. <laughs> nice to have nearby. <laughs> yeah. Nice to have nearby. So the Low Country, if you will, and and Georgetown is definitely a kind of historic area when it comes to the style of fishing that you like to do, and are more recently historic. But it's mm-hmm. on the map. Like people people know this fishery. Oh yeah. What do you feel like it is about Georgetown in your backyard that that makes it such an incredible fishery? What do you love about it? I just I mean, it's a tough place to fish. I just like I just like it just. A lot of moving parts here. I mean, Winyah Bay, we have four major rivers that dump in Winyah Bay. Yeah. So we have, we're the fourth largest watershed by discharge on the eastern seaboard. So it can really, uh, you know, I mean, it could be really good one day, really bad the next, but yeah. it's always something. I, I just, I, there's so much water here that, I mean, within 20 miles of where we usually fish, you could be in a different ecosystem. And it's completely different. Like, we just have so much available to us here. A lot here. of diversity. A lot of diversity. It's, I mean, it's not an easy place to figure out. And one, like I said, one day it could be fired up. And the next day it's just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Um, but I just love, I just, I think I just love the aura of the town too. Like, you know, there's so much history here. Um, it's relatively untouched compared to like 95% of the other fisheries on the Eastern For seaboard. Sure. Like, 63 miles south from from uh north inlet to isle of palms is completely undeveloped never will be developed you know national seashores um so i mean this is the natural the i guess natural as it gets in south carolina this is the natural world you know and there's just so much there's so much here we get tarpon in the summertime tons of redfish tons of trout i mean you can sight fish for redfish like crazy in the wintertime. There's just so much opportunity. Hell, if you want to go pull on a shark, like, yeah, you know, you can do everything you want here. That's awesome. So well, something for everybody. That's what I like about it. Do you feel like the redfishing here is diverse enough that there can be many different 
types of captains that can fish for them, any different styles of fishing for the redfish here? Or do you feel like you can kind of find yourself around other guides and other anglers quite often? Um, I think it depends on the time of the year. You know, like, I feel like it's kind of like this probably in South Carolina as, as a whole, but, you know, most of your bay boat guys are in skiffs in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, the school's, you know, push up in creeks most of the time, and they're yeah. usually pretty tight. Like, our, our fishery, like, North Inlet is, like, very, it's tough to navigate if you don't know how to navigate. Yeah. And it's pretty skinny. How big are your tides? Uh, Big tide, six, six gotcha. foot. Six a little bigger foot. than where we are. Yeah, it's they're not huge, but they seem huge. Like, yeah, for you sure. Know it's a lot I mean? of water moving. It's a lot of water. I mean, then you get a little west wind, then you're, you're probably losing another six, eight inches of water. Yeah. You know, um, but... In the summertime, like when there's when there's you know bull redfish and um, you know more opportunity like that, yeah, you could. There's a lot of different diversity, but like in the wintertime, um, you know, you're mostly chasing school and fishing. There's a lot more opportunity for a skiff guide here, for sure. You for know? sure. Do you, how long do you feel like? What's the longest you've had a secretive school of redfish in the wintertime on your skiff? Um, I want. I want to know your answer to that too, because <laughs> used to it would be like you could have a school of fish for the whole freaking winter and never oh, yeah. skip on it. Well, back home. The the good thing about me is, um, or my, my and if this is too much information, no, 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 no. no. Okay, okay. The good thing about my scenario is there's not many guys that have boats that can dra- that draft under six inches. Gotcha. So I mean, if I push over a bar, I mean I've found huge schools. Like, yeah, that probably no one's touched. So there are still some. Some there's that opportunity down here to there is have some stuff to yourself. This this uh, I don't. The weather's been weird this year. We kind of didn't have a fall. Yeah. So Great. it went from summer fishing to like skip. We had one week of fall fishing. It was lights out. Yeah. And then now we're transitioning to winter. But you know the schools aren't where they should be at this time. The right. Water temperatures right. fluctuating so much. Like, a lot of back and forth fish, like in between patterns. Yeah, it's like fifty one one day. 60 the next and it's just like it's not yeah. consistent yet i mean but i don't know probably i probably had some the whole winter before without that's cool but it's not very i mean someone's gonna find them right yeah. you know people talk and see you and you pull out of somewhere there's a lot of skiffs running around here you right know? i've even heard of guys flying drones around like oh yeah finding mm-hmm. finding binos standing on the platform scanning with bino- binoculars finding boats and you know, I don't know. I mean, that's I the know. that's the sucky thing nowadays is like people just don't earn it. Like I'm they okay with to. more people in the water if they're earning their their yeah, yeah. their yeah. right to be there. But instant gratification. Everyone yeah. wants that. That oh. McDonald's redfish. Yeah, like <laughs> man, you know, got this flat skiff. You know, got my Helios. Nine eight weight man. I want to go put a bend in this thing. Right. What's the easiest way for me to do this? You know, like it's not hard. Yeah. You know, it's not hard to to steal information. Or, no, it's not. You know, like and it's 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 a it goes both ways. It's a touchy subject because you I don't know who was fishing there the day before. If I'm not out there and I show up somewhere and someone's like, "Yo, right," mm-hmm. I didn't know you were here yesterday. Right. You know, like exactly. I thought I found these fish. Sure. <laughs> you know, like so, but. There's definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely, you got to keep your, try to keep your information low and right. someone's going to see you. Definitely. Yeah. 
Definitely, that's uh, that's something we run into back yeah, home. Wilmington's got a lot of people in the water. Well, yeah. You've got a lot of people in the water, and there's, I mean, there is a lot of creek space, but it, all of it is very, very, very visible. Yeah. I mean, you can ride down the waterway for 45 minutes and see if there's a boat in every creek, you know, from Wrightsville. Well, I remember last winter, I was talking to one of our mutual friends, and he was like, man, there's a massive school here. But mm-hmm. man, they've been getting harassed by oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean, those fish can only take so much, and then yeah. they're just going to shut off. I right. mean, exactly. You know, like, I, but I will say, I am fortunate because we are not Charleston, and we don't have the boat traffic y'all have too. Like, I think uh-huh. it's a lot, but I mean, man, we might only see three boats today. Yeah, you know, like nice. we might. I mean, there could be a lot more out there, but now if you see three boats today, are are those three boats probably going to be skiffs? Or could be maybe there's boat. probably going to be some some John boats, yep. flounder fishing or trout fishing, um, and probably some guides. We'll yep. probably see we're running into a couple guides out there, yep. but mostly this time of year, if they're fishing, yeah, mostly in skiffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. I would say we're lucky to keep the school for what a week. Yeah, maybe maybe a week and a half, two weeks if we're real lucky and not fishing it every day where somebody can see us. Yeah, and that, so. that's the tough thing. Guiding is like. You just hope and pray that there's enough to go around. Yeah, you know? well, and, like, honestly, I'm sure he's got a pretty big name up there, and you got a pretty big name, and if they see your, one of your two boats coming out of a creek, they're like, oh, what's over, mm-hmm. what's over there? That's one of the yeah. reasons I went with, not because I have a big name, because I don't have a big name, but well, being known as a guide in an area, yeah. I used to have, a like, a, a bright boat, a bright maverick, and I went with a gray <laughs> just because, you know, and, and then even think about this, like, they run, run past you, you post pictures that day trying to book trips, you're like, oh, awesome. Awesome day on the water. We had a bunch of redfish on fly. Oh. And then they were like, oh, shoot, I, I ran right past him polling today. I know where he was fishing, you know, because yeah. you just gave up what happened there. They didn't even have to see what was That's happening. That's right. Like, I showed it on I've been trying. Like, if I post, like, and trust me, I'm not an Instagram. I'm not, like, a social media, like, craze. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of it, we got to do it. Right. We got sure. to do something to promote us because that's the way the world's went, right? Right. But I try to, like, hold off, like, a couple weeks before I post a picture of something, you know, like... From like the day that I, you know, just because if someone see, like you said, someone sees you and you're posting, oh, we had a six fish, six fish day on fly, and right, you know, and it's a summertime or something, and it's a tough time, and someone sees you. I mean, you oh, know, yeah, yeah it, it, you, you can give up too much, but and that's you know, it's like this fine line of being secretive but not being a jerk. That's <laughs> right, know? and and you know, I want everyone to go out there and have fun, but. You have to protect that intellectual property. And, like, yeah, exactly. And, like, we all have friends that we, like, communicate with. Like, I'm sure you two oh, communicate. Yeah. Oh, networking. You know, networking. Huge. Like, I have a couple guides who are, like, buddies that are, like, unreal, like, tournament red fishermen. You know, and, like, yeah. me and him will pass some stuff off to one another. Like, if I'm having a tough time, he's having a tough time, you know. Right. So, it's, like, uh, that that part's fine because I know it's, it's going to be tight. But For like, sure. I don't know. And I... Fishing uh, locally, like with a lot of local, if someone's local, kind of got to think about fish. Yeah. think yeah. about like how you're gonna approach that because you want to give your spots up for five hundred dollars <laughs> right, for a exactly. four hour trip. Like, do you want to? Is that worth it? You know. <laughs> and there's a lot of local well, clients that I've found that that are that understand that agreement of like, hey, look, I'm gonna when I want to go fish like this, I'll book you. 
Um, and then a lot of times if it's like a young college kid from UNCW, I'm like, nah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take you. <laughs> Not that I don't want to, but it's like, it's just too valuable. It's of a too valuable. Yeah. And like, what's it worth? Like, that's when you put, pick the boat up off the trailer and you go south. That's when right. I like, hey, what's where you're going to McClellan? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, for sure. And, and, and learn and explore and, and I'll, you know, I'll tell people that sometimes too, but so being, you know, Georgetown, uh, you know, this, this kind of historic red fishery, um, what is, what kind of style of fishing here do you, do you feel that you're really drawn to as far as like, what's, what's a, if you're going to go fly fish for red fishing, any time of the year, w- what activity do you like from the redfish? Like for me back home, it's like, I love pods of belly crawlers in the summer, like yeah. popping shrimp going on the bank. But everybody's a little different. I like low tide fishing. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, all everything about it is like, you know, you're basically hunting them. They're a little more consistent, right? I like the flood tide fish, but man, it's so many factors in this area that go into flood tide fishing. Yeah, you know, it's a big investment for something to not happen. For sure. You know what I mean? A little wind change. And even if it does happen, it's like an hour and a half, two hours, if that. Yeah. And you might be on a flat that just was fired up one week and then is dead this week. Like, For but sure. you low tide fishing, if you move, you find them. Right. You know, if they're going to eat, that's one thing. But, um, I like that. I, I really like fishing, like not flood tides, but like high tides and ponds and stuff like that. Yeah. Like finding like little back pockets, back pockets that fish are just laid up in. Cause those fish aren't really pressured. Right. You know? Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I like. I like, I like low tide and like, extreme high and throwing gurglers i love yeah. throwing gurglers yeah. you know for sure what that. were you gonna say mike oh i just i wish we had you know the flood tide for us like you said i mean it's it's so variable oh yeah you know i've had yeah. i don't know i fished maybe 10 flood tides this year i had two good days yeah. and you know that was more it than used to be so much better back i home. think yeah. you guys get them more consistently than I, we do because really? i think yeah because what do you guys flood oh, out the like, flood tides yeah what do you guys flood out like four or five yeah but it's so i've learned mm-hmm. it's so different depending upon what your tides are normally where you are yeah but, yeah but yeah like four seven you can kind of start to get in the grass a little yeah. bit but, so, but then like up at wrightsville uh, yeah four seven but you need like a five down down south. the river yeah. Yeah. yeah we need like a five seven yeah like for this fishery if i gotta go any further south i need over six yeah and yeah. like it's really want a week during each month. You right, know, it's right. not like there's a ton of opportunity and, you know, it's usually pretty late in the afternoon. And yeah. a lot of the flood tide anglers that I see are wreck anglers, not guides. Because yeah. it, from <laughs> if, if I've got a fly trip, it's hard for me to milk that tide in between like low tide and a flood. And I don't want to just book a trip around the flood because you get an hour and a half. There's no recovery there. That's right. Like if we're trying to sight fish and it doesn't happen in the grass. Yeah. So. I mean, in that time of year too, it's it's a toll on your body too because i mean Golly. it's 100 degrees out you fish low tide and then you're fishing that rise which is usually pretty tough to do well in that middle part of the rise right. and then yep. you get there and then it's like oh the wind just shifted west <laughs> right. we're not getting any water right. or a thunderstorm rolls through and it's it's over you know For like, sure. yep. i mean i, I enjoy to fit i enjoy fishing it but i really like i mean i like to have that conversation too before like where are you at in your casting game if For they're sure. fly guys if they're bait you know tackle like like uh, late tackle guys or bass guys i have all the confidence in the world bass guys they're oh, usually yeah. i love fishing with bass yeah. fishing. oh it's so fun <laughs> they're so fun to watch like i had a guy two weeks ago dude it was lights out this kid was killing it like it was yeah. him and his wife and he was he was turning a bass guy and he just you know fun to watch but like fly guys i'll have that like st- not trying to be a butt but like hey what is your honest 
cast ability, casting yeah. ability. It'll like, help me gauge our trip for the day. Because if you can't hit a thirty a spot at thirty feet, you need to practice, or this might not be the best option for you. Right. You know, like because we might only get one one or two shots, and if you throw one over the fish's back, it's gone. Right. Yeah. You know, you throw it four feet in front of the fish. And you think he's going to come to it? They usually turn, right. you know. Like they're more ADD than I am. Even if they're on a line for fifty <laughs> feet, you you throw that fly four feet in front of them. Turn. They're like, oh, they sense it yeah. somehow. Some, something. They're yeah. like, you know, I don't know if it's just me. You know, no. they, <laughs> but, no. they're scared of you. They can smell you. But you know, like I, I had that conversation, and if somebody's like really like, yeah, I'm flipping nymphs and trout streams, I'm like you. We got two weeks. I really need you to practice at thirty feet, right? Because it's not, it's not going to be and quick. It, yeah, no. like one false cast, drop it. Like, you know, and because I tell them, it's like it's not going to be fun for you, and it's not, you know, it's not going to be satisfying. Like, it's going to be the most expensive casting lesson you've ever got. Right. Like, no. like spend some time before we go on this trip. Definitely. And, and usually feel, they listen. I feel like as a guide too. Like, not that I'm frustrated. But I want them to succeed. Yeah. And doing everything that you can and it's still not to happen. Like, I know I've had this conversation with Judd when we get, you know, when I get off the water, I'm like, oh, you know, and yeah. it's like, what did I do wrong? And I'm not saying that the client did anything wrong, but it's just like trying to make that happen and figure it out. You know, it's just so frustrating. I lose sleep over sure. it. Like, I'll talk to her and I'll be like, man, yeah. like we just had a tough yeah. day. Tough day. We had fish. We couldn't get in the right spot. And, yeah, you know, and she always tells me, and you can bring a horse to water, right? You know, yeah. you can't always make them drink, like which Last is fifty feet are up to them, exactly. Yeah. Well, and too, so I know, like for me, and this is just the way I fish our wintertime schools, and I'm sure me and Judd are a little different on that, just because the difference in our skiffs. But a lot of times, like my our schools, we're finding them; they're kind of not landlocked, but they're they're locked up. They're going to stay yeah. in one area for the winter. Um, or at least in that slough and, you know, right. I'll post up, get on the side and I want my guys to be able to make that 60, 70 foot cast. Cause I want them to get the first shot of that school when it's coming at them. I want them to be able to recover from that, get the 30 foot shot. That's perfect yeah. for them. And then once that school's kind of gone past, get another shot. I don't want to be chasing that school of fish and trying to push them, you know, or bumping them with the boat to get that yeah. perfect 15, 20, 30 foot cast. Cause you're not going to get it all the time. And then by the time you're, you've spent 30, 45 minutes on them and you've bumped them five times to get a cast, they're, they're, they're done. done. It's right. over. Right. You know, and I can go and sit on the bank and be like, all right, we're going to get five shots. And out of those five shots, you're going to get three casts each time. Those that's 15 casts that are perfect money. You should be able to, you know, convert at least a few fish out of that in a you know a four-hour low, low tide trip is that kind of your same same mentality yeah or you you know bumping a See, ton of my, different schools my problem this year it's like i just haven't found any really heavy schools so when i'm we're getting a shot it's like oh. you know it's a pack of four or a pack of six and right. it's like they're moving back and forth and it's like hey don't start until i tell you you know mm -hmm, like for sure you know it you know when the shot's going to be at its best yeah, yeah like when that fish turns and it's and it's been doing the same thing for like the last five minutes like you know let's lead them yeah. let it let it marinate a little bit and then bump 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 you know but it's still it's like it just seems like this this winter this this fall has been a little tougher than yeah. years past but hell we might we might run across a big old school today and and, and whack them but 
we haven't seen much of. I mean, it's just ba- it's this back and forth weather. It it's, is. It's cold and then it's warm. It's it, it hasn't driven them to have to push into a big. And it's not. We just, still have some mullet around. Up yeah, north, so do we. Which, which and, is rare. And I, I mean, I've talked to other local, you know, other guys that I'm, you know, other guides here, and everyone's kind of in the same boat. Like that, you know. Hey, you found any good schools yet? Nah, not 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 like oh. usual, but. And everyone might have one, but everyone's there's still no saying, one, nah. that's tight. tight. <laughs> you got you, you to keep one tight to the chest, right? right? For like, sure. But, I mean, what all plays into it, too, is there, there's a lot more fishing pressure now, too. Yeah. So, I'm sure that's probably made fish concentrate less. The COVID sportsmen. The COVID sportsmen. COVID boaters. Um, you know, I think fish are concentrated a little bit less than they were. And maybe that's just because they're getting hit so hard. There, I mean, there's more $100,000 bay boats running around this place than I've ever seen. You know, like. Yeah. You know, like it's definitely hurting the fishery, and for sure, there's more mm-hmm. people killing fish now too than I mean. Oh yeah, every day I'm seeing limits of redfish laid out on a, yeah. on a on a fillet table. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you like to do, but like, well, it, it hurts, man. It and, hurts, and that's something that because I've tried to diversify my guide business the past few years. When I first started, it was fly, light tackle, sight fishing all the time, and that's what I want to do. But then you get that draw of like, man, I just canceled last month. I canceled nine trips yeah. because of the wind and the weather when I could have gone and bait fished. So trying to sprinkle those trips in enough to cover it. And then you're like, those guys, they want to kill fish. And, and yeah. like when I, so it's it's a hard balance. But well, I talk about it with a lot of people here. It's like, you know, like you want to kill fish. Let's go kill trout. Yeah. Let's go kill some trout. Like 18, 18 19 inch trout. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. We can we could put six or seven of them in a cooler. Yeah. Like you want to do that? Let's do that for but sure. Like, I'll, I'll just be like, and I, I mean, I just be honest with them. Like redfish population is not where it needs to be. These fish live for a really long time. Yep. And personally, I don't think killing juvenile fish is the best way to do it. I mean, I think it would be better for us to kill one fish over slot, and then that's it. Yeah. Because these juvenile fish aren't getting to the point where they can breed. Right. So go into that a little bit, because South Carolina regulations are a little different than yeah. What's y'all? North what are y'all Carolina regulations for for redfish, trout, and flounder? Just so we can uh, fifteen to twenty three um, on a redfish, and I think it's two per angler. Yep. I don't know what the boat count is. Um, trout is over fourteen inches. I don't remember if it. I think it's ten. Okay. Um, God, that's I, a pile of trout. I've yeah. never. I, I've never like took that. I don't really know know the creel limit because i usually right right kill one or two but like flounder i mean flounder's 16 and it's open yeah like not like north carolina like people still gigging hard and i mean not this time of year but like people are still gigging and um i don't see i mean we haven't caught a lot of good flounder this this i haven't caught a lot of good flounder this summer a lot of short fish yeah short fat fish but i mean there's a lot they get a lot of they get a lot of heat you know they they do get a lot of heat. Yeah the 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 fish that people really want to kill are trout and flounder. A lot of times mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like, at least up where we are. I mean people well, will kill redfish, but like if you're trout fishing or flounder fishing, they want to kill them. Oh yeah, and they don't really want to catch them if you can't kill them. Well, that's people. the thing. It's like the gigging thing. You know, it's a beer drinking sport, right? You know, like you get a good tide in the summertime, and the boys are getting out in the John boat, and you know, yeah, sticking them. Yeah, They're like that's there's, it's legal. I mean, you can't we need really to push them towards frog gigging. Yeah, froggy. <laughs> yeah, like there's a creek back here. We can take them right now. But um, like, I don't know. It's there's it, you can't really you could fight for it, but it's like you can't like down somebody for killing a fish because right. it's yeah. legal. I mean, yeah. right? You can educate them, but you can't like say, oh, 
let's like someone shoots a small buck like oh. yeah sure like you could you could jump that guy's butt for shooting a small buck but like there's nothing wrong with it no, no. he didn't break any laws like no you know i mean just educate them or like hey you might want to shoot those or no. like just just i mean it's there's a difference between putting meat in your freezer and take care of your family for the year and then okay. going out and killing just Ex- to kill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, if you typically, I try to tell people if you can't eat it that night or in the next few days before you have to freeze it, it's no good anyway. It, yeah, it's not worth you taking it home, especially if you're traveling, you know, try right. to bag it up, yeah. take it everywhere. No, just enjoy what you got and take advantage of, you know, one or two really good fillets off of a fish and. Be happy with that. Well, that's yeah. like the the wreck guys. Like, I get it for the wreck guys, right? But, like, when you see guys who are doing the same thing as we're doing, making right. money doing it, mm-hmm. and they're killing limits of fish every day, and they're on the water... Every day. Every day, yep. or whatever, and they're killing at least a, at least two slot redfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of fish in a that's year. That's a lot of fish. You know, I don't know if y'all saw a study from South Carolina, but redfish populations decreased, like, 30% since 91 and the kill rate's the same, which, you know, I mean... Is it up for debate? Are they talking about reassessing the limits? I don't know. Yeah. I heard Georgia is. Yeah. Like Georgia's, Georgia's, Georgia's heavy on it right now. Yeah. They just changed it here like two years ago. It was three fish, and they bumped it down to two, I think it was. I don't yeah. think the slot limit mm-hmm. changed, but... One well, redfish is enough, man. I mean, oh, that's a lot yeah. of meat. Hell yeah. I so. mean, I mean, like I said, I, I think it would be better to take one over slot. Like, yeah. just one. You get more meat off the fish. Right. And the little well, fish get to a point where they can breed. Or just bump your slot up. Like, we're 18 to 27. Yeah. And, and so, you kill a 26-inch inch fish, and it's it's a lot of meat. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, and that's the difference is, you know, South Carolina with that smaller slot limit, those fish are younger as far as natural predation and the amount of people and chances that they've had to, to die, to, if that makes sense. It's a lot less, so they allow you to take that extra fish because it is a smaller fish there should be more of them there versus north carolina having the bigger slot limit they bump it down to one but i feel like even this year with north carolina closing down flounder season it's put more pressure on the redfish it's put more yeah. oh absolutely i mean you just you took the pressure off of one and applied did, all that to, to another one that's struggling probably more yeah or <laughs> oh, just yeah. the same so you know i mean there's not a there's not a great answer and North Carolina now is like putting trout on the table. That's yeah. going to be for next year, hopefully. Well, like gonna, trout, like limiting trout. I mean, yeah, we can only kill f- four, four per person, and then really? dropping it to two. Is the trout mm-hmm. is the trout fishery still like you still catch big trout in North Carolina? North Carolina is probably if we manage the resource, Sorry. it would probably be the best trout fishery in the world. Yeah, because we've yeah. caught some big fish up towards Harker's Island. Yeah. yeah. There's there's 30s, 31, 32, yeah. the 11 and a half, lady called 11 and a half pounder. My buddy's dad was guide up in Harker's and he he um he's got an 11 and a half on his wall. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, Those I mean, fish are fun. Like I love fly fishing, but like going out on those nasty days and like it, trying to catch a big yeah. 6 to 10 pound trout, that's fun. But the education on that too, it's like I didn't realize when I was in college, like oh right. yeah, that fish is cool. We're gonna kill that fish. That fish is a female breeder. Like, like that's the one not, that that's the need. one that needs to go home. Right. Like you know, like anything over twenty, you know, like, yep. at least over twenty guys for like, sure. Those for guys, sure, really a fish over twenty inches. Yeah, good chance thousands of, of more I mean, eggs. Yeah, if it's a female, and good chances of female. And even yeah. like an eighteen and a nineteen inch fish, like this year that we've been catching in the river, the few that I've taken, I'm like. oh. Like when I got home, right. got back to the ramp and cleaned them. There's not many males in that size class. Yeah. No. So, I mean, if it's a 16 inch fish, yeah. 15 inch fish, yeah. But once it hits that 17 mark and bigger, almost 
every single one of them is a like female to this year. Yeah. Breeding fish. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm so sad to have to take it home, but <laughs> it tastes so good. So like, they are they good. a couple trout. They taste so good. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> no, just out of curiosity, I know we're pretty far south. Do y'all get any stripers or any of that kind of stuff down here? Not really. Okay. There's probably, I think, Little River. They get some fish up towards Little River. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're like resident fish. They're not, they're not any yeah. kind of migratory deal. It's like, I think they stocked them here at one point. Okay. That's um, what I was kind of thinking that I remembered or had heard. That there's had some on. resident fish, but there's not really, you're so not going to no fishery for them. You're not yeah. targeting them. You know, you, gotcha. you know, it's not something that's like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to take y'all striper fishing. Like, yeah, oh, right. You know, happy incidental bycatch here and there. Exactly. Times a year. Exactly. Cool. Um, but they're, yeah, they're not, they're not ocean going fish. If they're here, they're river, right. you know, that's fr- fresh, fresh water. Like yeah, yeah. Another, another Same sad exact. story. Is mm-hmm. like the Cape Fury was like the fourth best striper migration on the East Coast oh, yeah. back in the day, and now there's zero coming oh, out. The striper thing can really make me go crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, that's right. From up north, the Menhaden issue oh, yeah. up there is like, I mean, I don't know how that is still legal. What they're doing with Menhaden, just the just wrapping the nets big around big big schools. They're yeah, they're killing the whole school of Menhaden. Yeah. I I know people uh, live up in the Bay, Chesapeake Bay, and they said the striper. The striper, like the migration, is not what it used to be. Yeah, and that's that's number one. That's number one in the world, right there. Like right. Chesapeake Bay is the mecca. Right, Jersey striper fishing has been really good this past year, but they keep killing these menhaden at the rate they're killing them. I mean, that's menhaden's a, you know, it's for not just stripers. Right, that's like staple Every, food source. Yeah, right. Bluefin tuna. You can catch bluefin tuna th- four miles off the beach in New Jersey. Giant bluefins. That are on Manhattan schools. Right. You know, like, I don't know. That's something that I You think need to really protect the bottom of the food source as much as, as much as the top. So that's something that I think that, and I'm, I'm sure most of that Manhattan's getting outsourced to other places. Right. You right. know, so like. Didn't they outlaw the, the big net boats in the bay? Wasn't that like a in year the bay, or two ago? I think in the bay, yeah. but I mean, they're still doing it off the coast. So yeah. like, it's basically two skiffs and a, a big boat and they just get that purse in and wrap it and. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's something. It's just too effective. It's very effective. It's like gill nets. It's but like how much bycatch? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, how many stripers are laid up in that bunker school? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that probably would be a domino effect where it wouldn't only affect stripers. It'd probably start affecting redfish down oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Because They're, those schools are migratory. Midhaven migrate. Yeah. yeah. We get, you know, the, the peanut bunker, pogies, whatever you want to call them. Like, they move up and down the coast. That's why yeah. tar- that's why tarpon move up the coast. Right, exactly. You know, like exactly. they're following their food. Right. Oh. The uh, I remember being a kid at Topsail Beach and standing on the beach in the summer and just black knot after black knot of pogies just coming up the beach. Oh yeah. And you don't see that anymore. Like you, you used to, you could run out in the ocean, like when I was in high school, and and go target, you know, pods of menhaden on the beach any day you wanted to. You, I mean, if it was cloudy, you'd find pelicans on them, and it, I mean. There's long stretches of period in the summer when they should be there, and you can't find Manhattan Mm-mm. in the ocean. So, no, we find a lot in the bay. Um, you know, peanut size, like little pogies, and um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've put too much. I think as people, man, like yeah, we never know when enough's enough. Like we've gotten better and better at harvesting fish, and they haven't gotten any better at evading our, our harvest. So. Well, yeah, there's a whole thing like. 
I think wreck guys kind of get the short end of the stick. Yeah. You know, like definitely. it's because where's the money coming from, really? Like, right. So, like, it's it's kind of sad, but hopefully, hopefully it keeps getting better. There's more, I, I will say, there's more education at this point in our lives right. about what's going on. Than ever before. Than ever before. Yeah. And it's more accessible than ever before. Like, just the guys in Florida, the captains for clean water guys. Right. Like, you know, I don't know how much they they actually do but they make a lot of people aware of what's going on down there you know so i think there's more accessibility i think i think it's going to start hopefully start being like a cool thing yeah i I don't care if like people are like oh man like they just sell clothes like i don't care if people want to if that's what's going to get people like about this being cool right Mm -hmm. like if it's a cool thing who cares it's just going to benefit us right it might be social media hype, but like if that's if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes, that's, that's a, a cool, lot of movements that's, happening. That's now. a cool thing to be an influence for, influencer for, right? right? You know, for like, sure, uh, for sure. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just personal responsibility. It is, you know. I mean, you you know what you're gonna go out and catch and do and everything for the day, and you like know, you're doing it again. You're just you love to fade away from your mind. I know. I got sidetracked over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just taking that personal responsibility, to be like, all right. I've got my one fish for the day. I'm going to throw it back. That's Everything right. else, you know? Yep. Well, so. that's like the, the bull red thing. There's a lot of people that fish for bull reds that don't know how to fish for bull reds. And it's, no. you know, how many of those fish are laying belly up coming through a rip because they weren't released properly? Yep. Right. You know, and September, October, end of August, September when they're spawning, man, it's just like, I mean, it's not really good to be targeting a fish when it's in its spawn mode. Like, right. Yeah. people make big deals about the stuff in the trout world, you know, fishing reds. Like, right. you know, that was a big deal probably in Montana. If someone's snagging fish off reds, like, huh? I mean, but it's, I mean, there's well, nothing, there's nothing better right now than laying a 45 inch redfish over your lap, you know, in the middle of August and holding it out of the water for 20 minutes and then right. trying yeah, right. to send her home. It doesn't happen. 95 yeah. degree water with no oxygen in it. Right. Exactly. I mean, right. you look at some of the, you know, offshore fish closures, American red snappers, different right. stuff like that. They've closed them during spawning seasons because they're so easy to target when they get in a giant spawning aggregation and it, it destroyed 90% of the fishery. Well, that's, and then everyone so, gets mad about it. Yeah. Because on education or, you know, everyone just gets mad about stuff. They don't actually see what they're, that's the consequences of their actions, you know, yeah. like. And it's just going to keep happening. Now they're talking about shutting bottom fishing off as a whole. I don't know if it's in North Carolina too, but shutting bottom fishing off as a whole in South Carolina. Like oh. you can't go out and group or fish. Or yeah, they're trying fish. to stop it. Like wow. that's like a thing that's on the table. You know, like I mean, it's 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 excessive, but no. there's a reason why someone's studying it. Right, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, like it's I don't know. I don't know what it all boils down to, but it's like well, your inshore release mortality is somewhere around probably 30 percent yeah that's what that's what that study i looked yeah. at the dnr led newsletter you look out on offshore release viability of you know whatever you release who knows what that is i mean fish that are coming up bloated all that well kind you of used stuff. to study that yeah marine biologists and, and i mean you go out anything past 150 200 feet of water that you're pulling up a fish from it's, it's almost probably gonna 95 percent chance it's gonna die well i remember tuna fishing you'd be chunking deep you know and tuna would heart explode yeah you know or like a swordfish you're pulling up from a thousand feet down do that fishing if that fish comes unpinned it ain't gonna live right no you know like the electric reels are just which the fish back you know you better hope that fish doesn't get all you know you stick a gaff in it but like 
I don't know. I think that's the that's what I read in that study. It's like that the mortality rate's more way higher. Way higher and it's mostly because how people are releasing the fish and mm-hmm. when they're targeting these fish. Yeah. Um I mean the summer I had one and dude it hurt my actually this was a whole story like I um had a really good angler uh Josh he was he's a super cool dude and um you know we had a good day and I was pulling back in this creek and he he stuck this redfish on this little rattlefly tie and um went to land it and uh leaned over the gunnel and flipped off the side of the boat so I lay first I've rolled off the boat <laughs> and I'm laying in pl- pluff mud but then I come up like a hero with the fish in my hand like here you go Josh like the fish is in my hand like let's get a quick put him back in the water <laughs> you know and like i'm soaked like covered in mud but that fish it took me like almost 20 minutes to get her to kick like really? kick back it was tough it was yeah. it was hard to watch like oh. but i do i i think she lived but like she was out of the water for maybe two minutes maybe a minute if yeah. that just to get the hook out of her mouth like and we put her back in and she just was there's was no, no there's no oxygen yeah I was going to say, I had the conversation with uh, Dave at iStrike, and, you know, he's like, if you can't hold your breath for the entire time you got the fish out of the water. It's probably going to die. That fish is probably going to die because he's not able to hold his breath either. That's right. right. So, you know. Smaller lungs. Yeah. I mean, less body to power, but Well, still. I mean, they got they got gills, so no, yeah. no lungs. <laughs> but oh, that's true. That's true. Just think about, you know, how long. Gills are. <laughs> I'm going to delete that part out of the podcast. Fish lungs. Flungs. But, Flungs. You know, just feel how you feel after you've held your breath for 30 45 seconds what's well, like after running a marathon too yeah it's like exactly. running a marathon shoving your head under the water and i think that's something we probably all got to get better with because how many times does your client like yeah. you got to get a i mean we gotta get this gotta, have, gotta have a gripping grin but right. you know i mean a lot of times for my guys i'll grab my fish i throw it right in the live well yeah. i don't i don't worry about it i'm like hey just take a breather get us up of water whatever the case you know and i always have water in my live well i get it in there i don't have to That's deal smart. with it that or, is a really good idea keep some ice in there too cool cool yeah, water. Yeah. throw a little ice in there and you know i'll also keep i this is one of the reasons i keep my big nut on the boat is always make fun of him because he carries massive on his but i can I you can, can keep the fish off the boat yeah i can keep the fish off the boat in the water and net it pop the fly out everything's in the water until we're ready to take care of that picture yeah. and he's sitting in there happy and yeah rejuvenating that's um, pretty yeah i mean so I, i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna get the, the big net i think i'm gonna go for the big net i mean it was 25 bucks off of amazon yeah i'm doing it so <laughs> yeah. you know it is a pain in the butt to keep on the boat but it's a lot better than you know trying to run a live well and you're in eight inches of water and you're sucking mud through your you know, and then you right. can't even use the live Well, that's ball, like so. the thing is, the thing is though, like, oh, well, I don't know why people, some people are against using nets, dude. It's so much easier on the yeah. fish. Yeah. It's so much easier on the fish. It is. You know, Mr. I think it comes, from, well, it comes from the simplicity of being on a skiff and not wanting to yeah. take the space up, which is selfish. Yeah. When you're thinking about the fish's life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm feeling a little snatched it's right just, now. <laughs> it's just like fly fishermen being like, oh, I'm such a conservationist, but then you yeah. killed like seven different animals to put that feathers on that hook to, to <laughs> release a red, to say you're a conservation, you know, like oh. you got some endangered species tied into your fly, but you know, that is true. <laughs> Being on that topic, do you have, I'm kind of a, a geek for a fly tying. Yeah. I grew up doing it. Yeah. You know, I've been fly fishing since I was five, you know, I'm kind of the kiss kind of person. Keep it simple, stupid, Same. you know, but do you have anything that you, you know, 
geek out on or certain flies you like to tie or that's better I, or certain times of the year that you tie certain things? Or I what? tie like tons of kinky muddlers just like okay. without the feathers in the tail. I use craffer. I tie mm-hmm. them every color and that's such an easy fly to tie. It looks so good. No. It's really effective. You could fish it anyway. I've been trying to get away from weighted flies. I'll put weight in the fly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in the in Wrap the body. Yep. You know, like a 020 lead or something like that or 025 lead, whatever. Is that the little one that that clips into the shank essentially? Is that that kind of lead? No, no. just a wrap. Just a just a wrap. Okay, I'm just yeah. the diameter of the lead. I gotcha. mean, but then, you know, like you could manipulate how the fly floats in the water. You could put yep. you could put some some dry fly juice on it, you know, like yeah. some floating you could take that off and you fish over oyster rakes with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they look cool. I mean, you could tie it Everglades special colors, shrimpy colors, white yeah. fish, black and purple. Yeah. You know I mean, I used to like rabbit zonkers a lot too, but that's like throwing a wet, zo- a wet sock, you yeah. know, like, you know, like, I don't know, just kinky muddlers. Like Even it's simple. Muddlers. I always yeah. tell people with redfish, it's ninety nine percent where it is and one percent what it is. Like oh, if, dude. if you make the correct presentation, they're they're gonna eat it. Trust me, there's nothing more than I like to watch than somebody like super talented making flies look really good. But man, oh. a gurgler to me is literally crefer and a piece of foam and a little right. Estaz, and that's right. all it needs. Right? You know, mm-hmm. like, and she will do just as good. She'll as get eaten. The eyes sticking out. And it'll head. fly a little better, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Than a big old full squirrel. Um, full squirrel. Full squirrel. <laughs> full animal. Animal. Yeah, like a f- freaking mouse, you know, like, oh. but uh, I don't know. I like that. And I mean, if I got to fish weedless stuff, I like, uh, I like that tarantula wrap from EP and mm-hmm. I'll just do like a, like a marabou tail tarantula wrap. Heck yeah. Um, oh. Weed guard. I mean, you could do, pre- and or mylar. I like mylar too. I like making a okay. fire crack. I'll show you. It's a little firecracker. Mm-hmm. It's like mylar and then a wrap of Estaz in front of the head with a rattle in it in the winter t- in the summertime when the water's dirty oh. you know catches her attention a little yeah. bit so but I, I mean I, I really black and purple I love black and purple yeah. Yeah. white too I was just kind of curious you mentioned you know having a rattle fly earlier mm-hmm. kind of your water being off color so you know obviously you're trying to do as much sight fishing as possible but you know there's days like I know I have for my clients when we're moving down a bank and you know one fifty hundred foot section isn't the greatest, but I don't want to get down and crank the motor to move. You know, we're blind casting some stuff like that. So I didn't know if you had some different different things that you and would tie on or whatever, depending on the situation. So um but. that firecracker that I tie, it's just it's it's like on a B ten S. I mean, that's like a throwaway hook, but like, you know, right. it's so sharp and easy to right. and cheap. Um, it's just like mylar and you splay the tail out like that, like a two inches off the back and then mm. you pop the, the rattle down into the, the tube part of the mylar, tie it on and then a little Estaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'll put lead eyes or bead chain, whatever, you know, I'll have a couple okay. different ones and we'll blind cast that thing across the bank because you, I mean, that thing's not, it's not a bunch of breathing, but it's like tick, 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 you yeah. know, and you just, you could do that or. Um, shrimpy popping shrimp, noises. Yeah, like shrimpy popping noises. I mean, cover water with gurglers. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get lucky even in the middle of the day with a gurgler. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. like, so, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I try my hardest to find them, to see them. But, man, in the summertime, sometimes you're running the fish over, running the fish oh, yeah. over, trying to find them. Yeah. And that's tough. And, like, you know, water clarity's great one day, and the next day it's crap. You right. Know? Right. So, we'll wrap this podcast up, but we're about to go fish. We're yes. down here. The tide's getting low. Kind of walk us through 
this time of year, it's middle of December. What does your day look like? What are we going to go for? What are we going to do today? So, um, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to first um, hit some grass lines in the bay that I really like that are breaks and the break bait breaks off two big channels and kind of bait dumps down this. And we still got some bait and shrimp and stuff like that. So, we're going to go fish that first. That's going to be a bunch of blind casting. And then uh, as the tide drops out, we get about two hours. Two hours before dead low, yeah. we'll push into, um, we'll start pushing into some creeks and work in one side of the inlet. And then um, when it drops out and starts rising, we're going to go to some places we can't go on the, in, on the falling yeah. tide when it starts filling in, you know, but we're going to try to cover as much water as we can and not spend a lot of time pushing far. We're going to just try to find them like close so we can be mobile. Yeah. I like That's kind of been... Because when I mean when you're fishing, but if you're fishing a four hour trip, yeah, you know, it's, it's you got to be cognizant it's, of it's how far you're bowling. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I don't know if y'all do it, but I always keep my trolling motor on my boat. Oh yeah, yeah. I do too. If it if it's that we can get out of somewhere quick. Out. You That's know? what I hate about small creeks. I love fishing them, but the the time suck that they are to get into. Maybe if mm-hmm. they're in the back, and then you got to get back out of the small creek. Oh, but, well, you can you pull the whole creek, but they're right in front of it at like dead low is right. dry yeah you know and you're like man i'm gonna get a shovel and like <laughs> dig this out like <laughs> right exactly but um i don't know you know so it's like you know i i think us east coast guys do definitely have a disadvantage over the gulf guys texas guys louisiana guys because we're getting big big tide swings yeah and mm-hmm. they're getting like a foot a foot and a half two feet of tide and they're still they could sight fish they could wake all up day, in the morning the they could wake up in the morning and be like all right let's uh Let's say fish. Let's, let's go fishing, and yeah. they can do it. They have a spot for it. Like, yep. you know, I I think it's a little more technical for us, and it's. I mean, it, I think, it makes it fun, and it, it it makes the fish do some stuff you don't see. As yeah, regular in other areas. Well, but. that's like. Did you guys see that new redfish thing? The Costa. Yes, I did. That was pretty well. That put was together. that was really well put together. Where they're fishing them lots of different ways. Different yeah, areas. but like you look at like Louisiana, Texas, and these they're like these. 100 degrees out there's still fish like hundreds of fish just packed up we just don't we don't have that yeah and you know they basically say if you you show them the fly here they're probably gonna eat it i mean for the most part you show them the fly in the right aspect here but there's times when you could show them the best looking thing you've you you can give them a silver platter right and they don't want to touch it i just think we have a i think we have a little tougher than most of the other guys for sure middle southeastern Red fishing, I think, is. But the scenarios that and the places you get to see. Oh, we have a lot. We have some real cool stuff here. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's, I think especially. Because uh, we don't want to push people away from our area. No, we (laughs) love our area. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying, it's very rewarding and it's You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not all the time instant gratification, you know, but it really feels good when you, when Mm -hmm. you, uh, you, but you get here and you just. You see it like you just being here in the low country and just experiencing it, and right. seeing it, yeah. and then watching the fish do their thing here. It's mm-hmm. like the epitome of South Carolina, low country Carolinas to me. Like I think it's it's the the best red fishing as far. I mean, just when you, it all comes together, it's it can't get any better than, it can't. than how we have it here. It can't. So North Carolina, and South Carolina, Georgia. 
Um, but Johnny, thanks so much for doing the podcast with us. You guys, we're going to go out, we're going to fish, we're going to film, hopefully bring y'all a really awesome video, but tell people where they can find you and connect with you if they want to hop out and do some fishing. So, um, captain Johnny Monero, Blackwater revival guide service is my business name. One of the coolest guide service names. ever. You think so? Yeah, it's awesome. It's super cool. Um, I didn't know if it was cheesy or cool when I put it together, but. It's um, a stressful decision when you're trying to come up with, oh with, with the name. I just didn't want anything like naughty, naughty hooker, right. fly, fly fishing, <laughs> like, you know, something like, uh, but, uh, Gotta um, keep it classy, cla- keeping it classy. Um, so Blackwater revival, Blackwater guide, guide service, uh, obviously Google, you'll find me, um, Instagram's like at fish blackwater and fishing com is my website. Um, but we, uh, we fish all mostly Georgetown uh, fisheries um, and surrounding areas to here. We fish uh, redfish, tarpon, fly light tackle. We do it all. I mean, no discrimination of anything. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Just like to have fun. Sweet. Well, guys, thanks for checking out another episode of Eastern Current. We're going to go get on the water and we will see you next week.